I met a new friend yesterday, and I am so glad I did. I think you're going to like her too, and next week you get to meet her. I'm going to introduce her to you, to all of you. But as we were talking yesterday, we both had a very interesting part of the conversation that came up that we don't talk about a whole lot in the interview that you'll hear next week, but it's something I want to address today. We got on the subject of having imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome in the way that it held each of us back moving forward in our career in pursuit of our dreams. Imposter syndrome in the way that we each deal with clients and what's holding them stuck, what's holding them hostage and keeping them from moving forward. And so today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about imposter syndrome and a few ways to combat that in home decorating, but also in life. And I want to give you a fair warning about the sound quality of today's podcast. If you are a regular, if you subscribe to the show, I'm publishing a little bit late today, and there's good reason, and good reason for the sound quality. My back has been a little bit achy, and so I'm moving my station away from my office and into the common area. Kiddos are at school, hubby is at work, but the dog is laying right here beside me. And when he gets up, which I know he will, it will be loud. (laughs) So pardon that. But I needed to move my podcast station to a higher level so that I could stand and record rather than sit and record. So currently swaying back and forth. It's going to be short, sweet, and to the point today because this girl needs to go and rest and ice just a little bit. But before I get started, some of you may be wondering how you can work with me. And in a nutshell, it goes like this. How much hand-holding do you want? I can hold your hand very little or I can hold it a lot. So here's what I mean. If you don't need any handholding and you are ready to fly on your own, I have an online design school. In that design school, you choose the course and you work independently at your own pace, but you get support coming into the Facebook group and you can ask your questions there. The next level of handholding is booking a call. You might not need a whole lot of help. You just might need some affirmation for some of the choices that you've made or confirmation on the choices you are wanting to make. Think of me as a neutral third party who can help you if you are a little bit stuck and don't need a whole lot of nudging. A little bit more hand-holding and you can book a room edit. A room edit brings the designer into your space virtually via pictures and an interview, asks the direction of which you want to take your room, what direction you're wanting to go, how you're wanting it to feel, and then makes generalized suggestions for those improvements or modifications. There are no specific product procurement ideas, but it's more generalized. So for example, if you were wanting your home to look and feel a little bit more modern farmhouse, I would take a peek at those pictures, create a presentation just for you to let you know things like paint, painting your walls this color might help, moving your couch here, removing those pillows and adding new pillows. How about this art? Generalized suggestions to get your design needle moving forward. And then moving on to the most hand-holding, that's when I create the entire plan for you. I take another look at your home, you send me pictures, maybe we do a virtual walkthrough, video, FaceTime, and then 
Working with a budget and the timeline you have in mind, I create a visual roadmap for you that will help you get the biggest impact change first, and then second, and then third. Even if you don't have the budget to make all the changes all at once today, and you need to do this over the course of a year or six months or two years, whatever your budget is, there is none too small or too big in order to help you make the changes necessary to really love the house that you call home. In this option, I am selecting all of the products, using what you want to keep, and selecting new. Choosing a color palette, a color formula, it is all kinds of fun, but you end up with the plan that works for you, in a timeline that works for you, and especially the budget that you set. And if you have any questions at all, I encourage you to book a free 15-minute discovery call so that we can figure out how we can work together the best, the best way that serves you. Because the tricky thing is, some people are highly motivated to do the work themselves, some people, eh, they just want it done for them, and some people, quite honestly, don't know where to start. But if you're ready, I want you to go to figandfarmathome.com forward slash book hyphen a hyphen call. And there you'll find the link to book a call with me so that we can get started. Okay, on to today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted, and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget. Like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Yesterday, in my conversation with my new friend, Jessica, we had a talk about what it felt like to succumb to imposter syndrome and how it affected each of us in holding us back from moving forward in pursuing our dreams. Imposter syndrome, unfortunately, has raised its ugly little head more times in my life than I care to admit. When I was a young teacher, it looked like How are all of these parents going to respect what I have to say when I'm 22, 23, 24 years old and they're in their 40s? Why would they ever listen to me? Growing into confidence took time. It took affirmation from colleagues. It took affirmation from parents who actually did care what I had to say. And it took a whole lot of self-talk to get me out of that. When I was a children's pastor for several years, imposter syndrome looked like you know what, pretty soon the senior pastor is going to figure out that I actually don't read the Bible every day, and then I'm going to be hosed. They are going to kick me out and replace me with someone who's more holy. (laughs) Okay, that's ridiculous. We all know that, but that's what it looked like. It looked like someone was going to figure out that I was a fraud, even though I love Jesus, even though I was definitely in pursuit of relationship with him and definitely had the best intentions in mind with the programs I was running at church, but it was still creeping in. 
Last year when I started the podcast, I shared a little bit about what imposter syndrome looked like for me then and how it kept me stuck. But here's the thing. I knew that I had a message to share. I knew that. There were times when I didn't entirely understand why I knew what I knew, and there are still times when I just say thank you, Jesus, for giving me that download. But coming to you over the air, that's terrifying. It's completely vulnerable. It's literally like going to work naked. I have no idea who is listening, who is, who is watching when we're on our Facebook community group. I have no idea unless you speak up. But the truth of the matter is that the thing that was holding me stuck, the holding me hostage and unable to move forward, was this idea that who is, who is going to respect what I have to say and listen to what I have to teach because I don't have a degree behind my name. Well, I have a degree. I have an advanced degree, but it's in reading. <laughs> it's how to teach your teeny tinies how to learn how to read. So if you are a mom struggling with that, hey, you know what? I would love to talk with you about it too. But in truth, teaching moms how to decorate their homes on a budget, that took a lot of courage for me to say, I have a message to say. I have something powerful to share. I know that there's going to be people out there who are going to be gaining value from what I have to, to share and to teach. And I want them to hear this message. I want them to hear it because I was stuck just like you all those years ago. I was stuck. I had no idea that my the things that I was choosing in my home, although they looked okay, they looked fine, they weren't me at all. It was not a reflection of my personality, my style. The idea that my home was a canvas for storytelling, psh, I had no idea. You know whose story I was telling? I was telling my mother-in-law's because I chose what I thought she might like in our home. I had no clue. And I and because I know what it was like to be in that spot, know what it's like to go to the store and not entirely be sure which choice to make and come home and then realize, oh, that doesn't look cute and take it back time and time and time again. Knowing that there were times when it was embarrassing to invite people over because I wasn't quite confident with the way that my home looked and felt. I know it because I've been there. I know it because I've been there not too long ago, actually. But the thing that was really keeping me stuck, are you ready? This is the most sad thing ever. The thing that was keeping me stuck was that I would go to the grocery store right down the street. I would go to Starbucks and grab some coffee. I would go somewhere local and I would be worried about what those moms thought, what those moms were saying, what those moms at drop off or pick up were saying about silly old Danny who thought she knew knew it all or who thought she knew enough to do this audacious thing called starting a podcast. The people around me who don't actually speak into my life, those were the ones I was afraid of. I was afraid of what they might be whispering to each other at a basketball game, what they might be saying to each other as we're waiting in line to pick up our kiddos. I was worried about them. And these are not the ones who I would go to if I needed a little help. These are not the, the people I would go to if I said, hey, we're a little under the weather. I need some help getting kids to and from school. Hey, how can I help you? Th these aren't them. These were not my people. Of course, I'm friendly to them. But allowing people like that who don't speak into my life to have influence over my decisions, that. Oh, I'm just so regretting that 
it took me a couple years to be brave enough to say, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I care about how I'm showing up and serving you, but mostly I care about the example I'm leaving for my, for my boys. Do you remember that story? If you're new here, here it is in a nutshell. I wanted to make sure that my boys saw their parents pursuing a goal, pursuing a dream that was set before them. And ultimately, it was them who pushed me over the edge. And quite literally, this happened on a rappelling canyoneering trip in Utah. And as we were, as we were canyoneering, we were climbing up into these rocks and rappel, getting ready to rappel 150 feet down this cliff, I was the last of the five to go. We sent Greg first, and then we sent whoever was ready to rappel off this edge. And I looked into these little boys' eyes, and they are not little, by the way, but I looked into their eyes and could see a little excitement, a little fear, a little nervousness, a little hesitation. It varied boy to boy to boy. One was way more nervous than another. One was way more excited than the other. One was, hey, hold on, you need to wait to be harnessed <laughs> as, as it goes. But as I was looking into them and thinking, I'm holding, I'm the last one to jump here. And I am, I'm terrified sitting, shaking in my boots because I am the last one to go, but I have to hold a brave face for them. I don't want them to see mom scared. And then it hit me. It hit me almost like a ton of bricks. Danny, this podcast that you've been wanting to start because you have a message to share, this podcast that you've been wanting to start, why not? It is no different than you having the brave face before you go and repel off this cliff. It's no different. Your boys are going to see you fall or they're going to see you fly. And if I fall in this podcast journey, you know what? They're going to be there to pick me up. They're going to be there to support me. But staying stuck because of someone I don't actually allow to speak into my life, that's rubbish. It's rubbish and I'm, I am not here for that anymore. So thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to have that revelation. Thank you for smacking me alongside the head with bricks. <laughs> not really. We were wearing helmets and thankfully none of us, uh, none of us got hit or hurt. Most of us want to repeat that experience, and some of us absolutely, without a doubt, do not. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Imposter syndrome can happen in life, and it can happen in home decorating. It really can. It might not look like imposter syndrome, but it can look a different way, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But if you are, here's just a quick side note of encouragement for you mamas. If you are in that place of feeling like you want to try something new, you want to try something a little different. You want to step out of your comfort zone and go for it, whatever that it is. Sister, I've got your back. Literally, DM me, tell me what it is, and I've got your back. I will be emailing you. I will be sending you a DM to ask you how it's going. I will be, because I believe so much in the pursuit of dreams, and I believe in taking that first step forward into achieving it. So if you need someone to secretly share whatever it is that you're wanting to do, reach out, because I will be in contact. Okay, but it can happen in home too, and here's what it might look like. It takes a different name, but it looks like Pinterest paralysis. It looks like Instagram comparisonitis. It looks like believing in, in this idea that I don't know how to decorate. It takes the shape of any one of those. It looks like 
I don't know how to even get started. I don't know where to start. I'm not good at this. It looks like a negative self-talk or stuckness based on what it is that you're allowing in. Those visual images that we see and are so inspired by, sometimes those are too much. Sometimes we need to pump the brakes. Sometimes we need to be a student rather than a follower. Sometimes we just need a little direction. But no matter what it is, if it's Pinterest paralysis, if it's Instagram comparisonitis, if it is gosh, I'm not good at this. That is what I'm referring to as imposter syndrome. Those thoughts that are now beliefs are taking over. They're claiming that you don't know what you're talking about. You're never going to be good enough. You're not going to be able to have your home look like that. Why even bother? And that's what we're addressing today. So I have six questions to ask you. Six questions to ask you so that you can ask yourself. And these can be applied to that dream that you've been standing on the ledge waiting to jump off after, or it can be in making a change in your home because you've been so stuck in Pinterest paralysis that you haven't ever moved forward. These questions are going to apply to either situation. Are you ready? Okay, question number one. Will it bring value and joy to your life and the life of those you share your home with or your life with? Well, whatever that is that is keeping you stuck, maybe it is that coffee shop you want to open, but you're afraid, or maybe it is finally taking the plunge and selling the 20-year-old couch to replace it with something new. Will it bring you joy? Will it add value to your home? Will it add value to your life? And if the answer is yes, move forward because you have another question to ask. And if the answer is no, then we can scrap it. If opening that coffee shop that was your dream for a while isn't going to bring you value and joy, scrap it and let's think of something else. If getting rid of that couch that you have had for 20 years isn't going to add value and joy to your life, great. That's an indicator that you don't need a new couch. You probably are doing just fine with what you have. But if it's going to add value or add joy to your life in some way, let's move forward. The second question to ask is, are you making this decision for you or for them, whoever them is? You heard my example of staying stuck and not moving forward towards a dream because I was so worried about what the ladies who I might see at drop off and pick up at school would think. These are not the people who I call when I need advice for parenting. These aren't the people I call when I want to exchange recipes. These aren't the people. And so to allow them enough space to speak into that decision, yikes, I was making that decision to stay stuck for them, not for me. But when it comes to your home, are you making the decision to stay stuck for you or for them? Here is a very, very good example. I can count on my fingers and my toes times five, probably, how many times I have heard people say, I hate X, and X is some piece of furniture in their home. Maybe it's a hand-me-down credenza. Maybe it is a side table that mom brought over one day. Maybe it is something that you bought at the thrift store the minute you got married and that was 25 years ago, but you can't get rid of it. Maybe it's something that is 1980s wood tone. You, you, get, you get the idea, the visual image of where I'm going here. 
And when I've suggested to these, these clients, these people, well, how can we add, how can we make this bring value to you? Just like that first question, hint, hint. How can we make it bring value to you and serve your family? How can we do that? And their response is in stuckness. It is, well, you can't paint wood, A, or, well, it was an heirloom, B, or I am afraid I'm going to ruin it, C, or it's going to lose its value if I redo it. A lot of input based on someone else's opinion. When the person who's in question knows that this doesn't bring me value or joy right now currently, and I'm afraid to touch it because one day someone told me that I can't paint wood. One day someone told me I'm going to lose value of this piece if I paint it. Okay, awesome. You know my opinion on this and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Sell the dang thing. If it doesn't bring you joy, sell it. Get rid of it. Get the value in monetary terms and buy something that you like. (laughs) That is the easiest solution. But living with it in your space, knowing that you hate it, don't do that. It's not bringing you value or serving you. And it is a decision based on someone else's opinion, whoever that someone else is. And it could be very well that it's what you heard when you were growing up, when we had the the moms and the dads who said, oh, you know, this is just how you were raised. And it might just be an inherent internal thinking rather than something that you are mindfully, consciously making the decision for. But ultimately it comes down to this. If you hate something within your home and you are wanting to make change, who are you keeping it for? Ask yourself that question. Okay, the third question to ask, if we had the ability to fast forward 10 years from now or even further out, fast forward to the end of our time and you were to look back on today, what would you think? What would you tell yourself? Would you say, I'm happy I didn't take that leap and get my coaching certification so I could help hundreds or thousands of people. Would you say, I'm happy staying in that job for 50 years and that mediocre job that I didn't really like going to every week, but it paid the bills? When it comes to your home and you fast forward 10 years, even beyond, and you look back, would you say, gosh, I really wish I could have felt more comfortable opening up my home to welcome people. I really felt feel like I wish I would have invested in making my environment a place that serves me and lights our family up instead of worrying so much about that the kids were always going to make things messy. And so I never did anything. What would you hope to tell yourself if you could fast forward 10 years from now? The fourth question I want you to ask yourself is really a truth check a gut check, especially if it is something that is in pursuit of a dream. Are you ready? Are you striving for perfection or progress? Chances are, I would would imagine that a lot of people who stay stuck are looking for perfection rather than progress. They're, They're saying things like, you know what, I will start that blog when I can dedicate one uninterrupted hour of writing each day, or when I finally design the website that looks not stupid. Okay, can I just stop you right there for a second? My website looked stupid for two years, three years. I don't even know. A long time. It looked stupid. And it looked like a novice did it. And it probably still does, quite honestly. 
But as I've learned and grown and tweaked and changed and developed a little bit more confidence in the, I don't care what people think. I want to do it because it brings value and joy to me mentality. I'm creating something that I love. It might still be a little broken and I'm still going to be working on it, but it is progress, not perfection. If I would have waited until it was absolutely perfect, guess what? I would not have a website. I wouldn't. So start the blog. You have something to say. You have a lot of something to say. It doesn't have to be perfect. We're talking progress first. When it comes to home and creating a home space that you love, that welcomes you kind of like a warm embrace when you come in through the front door, a place where you stop and just think, I really like that living room. I really want to spend my time in here. Creating a space like that is intentional, of course, but the thing that is keeping you stuck in this case, progress versus perfection, is most often this. I will decorate my home when I own it, when I'm in my forever home, when I have that windfall and I finally have enough money, when they're paying me to take the things from Target. (laughs) A lot of things keep us stuck, but especially in home decorating, it is progress rather than perfection. In fact, every person's viewpoint of what your home looks like and feels like is beautiful in your own eyes, and it's like art. It is a canvas. It is going to look and feel different to you than it is to someone else. So waiting for your sister-in-law's mother's cousin's brother to approve of your design is not ideal, right? Because they're looking for perfection, but you are looking for progress. You are striving towards making one area in your home livable and lovable. Then another area of your home livable and lovable, and another and another and another. And one of the beautiful things about working with me and actually Jessica, who will be on the the podcast next week, is that we have a very unique approach to home design. Don't expect that you are going to be able to transform your space in one fell swoop, in one written check. Do you even write checks anymore? In one swipe of the bank card. We don't. In fact, we expect that you are going to have an amount of money that you're going to work with to begin with, and then you might have to save a little bit for the next amount of money. You might have to save a little bit more. And honestly, this is one of the best ways that you could ever decorate your home because it, it allows for time and space for curation. It also allows the designer to speak into how to create the biggest impact change first. Oftentimes when you know what that biggest impact change is, you don't have to do make the change that you thought you were going to have to make if you were going to pay for it in that one fell swoop. Sometimes you'll be surprised and the plan that you had in mind just isn't the plan that's necessary. And on that note, if I were approaching my home as perfection over progress, the saddest thing to me is that most of us would wait until our kids were grown and gone. Mamas, I am speaking to mostly moms here. These kiddos are our legacy. These kiddos are the greatest story we will ever tell. They just are. And they are going to leave our little nest someday. You can hear the tears in my voice because... 
that's sad. I don't want that to happen, but I know it's going to, and it's very healthy. I get it. But they're going to leave our little nest. They're going to go out into the world, and I don't want them to say, my mom never invested. She didn't care what our home looked like. She cared more about X. I don't know. Whatever X is. She cared more about watching The Bachelorette. (laughs) Okay, that I do like watching that every once in a while. Don't tell anyone. But she cared more about this than she did about investing in a space that felt like I could invite my friends home to. That was my story. Do you remember me sharing that? My mom loved gardening, invested so much time in the garden, and was a wonderful cook and a wonderful seamstress. So many talents. But she didn't invest in our home at all, other than cooking and and sewing and whatnot. But she didn't invest in it. And I missed so many years of feeling comfortable inviting friends over to learn how wonderful my parents were, to learn how weird it was to grow up with five siblings, to learn all of that and to come and see me in my home space. So girls, if we are waiting for perfection, it is never going to happen. Take that step, take that next step, and take the step after that. Okay, the fifth thing that you can ask yourself is, what is the worst that can happen? Seriously, if you take the leap off that ledge and you are diving into finally sending your manuscript off to a publisher, what is the worst that that can happen? They say no thanks. You don't hear back. So you send it again to someone different and again and again. And you might edit a little bit here and edit a little bit there and gather some people around you to read it who you trust, who can give good feedback, and you send it again. What is the worst that can happen? If you don't send it in the first place, that is the worst that can happen. When it comes to home, seriously, what is the worst that can happen? When I painted my front door, the inside of my front door black, it was white. I asked myself that question out loud (laughs) right before I was about to paint it. What is the worst that can happen? And walking myself through that was so helpful because I was kind of scared. I didn't know what it would look like to have a black door on the inside. I love it, by the way. And the worst that could happen, I paint it white. That's literally the worst that could happen. I paint it back to the color that it was. So what is the worst that can happen if you finally decide to paint that credenza that you absolutely hate? What's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen is you don't like it. You like it better originally. So you have to work a little bit to sand it down and restain it to the color. Or do a paint stripper, or however you get rid of your paint. Or you finally decide, you know what, I actually didn't like it in wood and I didn't like it painted, so I'm going to sell the dang thing. So you get a little cash and buy something new that you want. What literally is the worst that can happen? Ask yourself that and walk yourself through that scenario. A couple steps, just like I did with the painted credenza. Now, if this is finally spurring you on, by the way, to finally paint your credenza, just paint the dang thing, if it is finally encouraging you to do that, Painting Furniture 101 is one of the courses in my design school, my online design school. I walk you through step-by-step, first of all, to know if the piece that you're wanting to paint is actually something you should be painting or not. Kind of the rules of thumb I live by and follow in order to decide if this is actually true antique or not. And then I walk you through step-by-step materials you need and how to do it and how to do it 
in a way that doesn't look like your kindergartner painted it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with your kindergarten painting furniture if you want them to, but you probably don't want a kindergarten painted credenza if it's sitting in your dining room. So it walks you through step by step, troubleshooting along the way, and even troubleshooting some of the things that you can do to some of your wood projects before you even decide if painting it is right for you. You can grab that by going to my website, figandfarmathome.com, scroll down to the tab that says courses. But seriously, asking yourself, what is the worst that can happen? When I started the podcast, it was that one person would listen. And he did, thankfully, but a lot more people did too. I repeat this so often that one time I heard my son, my oldest son, say that out loud. He didn't know I was nearby. He said it as he was getting ready to do a mini interview. He was up for a little scholarship and he needed to dress fancy, answer questions, have referrals, all of the things. And he was getting ready to press go on the Zoom call and he was repeating, what is the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? I'm just going to walk away now. Mic drop. There we go. We're done. (laughs) My work here is done. And guess what, you guys? He got the scholarship, which is pretty fantastic. Okay, the sixth and final thing that you can ask yourself, and I do want you to ask yourself this. And it's actually not even an ask yourself. It is a just prepare to be surprised. When you do all of that work and you ask yourself all of those questions, prepare to be surprised. I am surprised by what happened when last April, as I was getting ready to rappel off of the side of a canyon ledge, I finally decided I'm going to say yes to this dream and this calling on my heart. I'm preparing to be surprised and I have been surprised more often than I have been unsurprised. Is unsurprised even a word? I have been surprised. And you're going to get a sneak peek of what that means in a couple weeks when uh, when a few things are happening. This is exciting time for Fig and Farm at Home, and I am so glad you're on this journey with me. But here's the thing, okay. We are approaching my one-year anniversary, my one-year podcast birthday. And if you have been around three episodes or more, hey, you are my girl. And you know, do you know what I call you? Actually, you are my Nelly. You are the girl who I'm speaking to. You are the one who I am envisioning sitting down with a cup of coffee and chatting with. You are the one who I'm saying, I think Nelly might want to know this. I think Nelly might want to know that. And I prepare all of this content for all of you. And as we are approaching our one year anniversary, our one year birthday for this podcast, we're pretty close to a milestone number. And I don't know, I I actually don't think it's feasible to hit the goal. But here, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to claim it out loud. And I'm going to be prepared to be surprised. Right now, today, before I pressed record, I had 8,066 downloads to the podcast. I know that 10,000 is right around the corner. I also know that it's not realistic to get 10,000 before my first year anniversary. But I'm going to be prepared to be surprised because if you are my Nelly, if you have listened more than you have not listened, would you do me a favor and would you share this podcast with one, two, three, four, five, six, I don't care how many people, would you share it with someone who you think 
might like the content? Would you share it with someone who you think they might actually learn something from this? We know most of us have a Facebook, most of us have an Instagram, most of us have a telephone. <laughs> share it with a friend. Share it with a friend. I'm going to be prepared to be surprised and I am hoping that we will reach that 10,000 number, but I am hoping that we can reach it before my birthday, before my podcast birthday. All right, you guys, I hope that these six questions that you can ask yourself will be helpful as you take that step forward, remembering that it is progress, not perfection, Remember, remembering that when we ask ourselves what is the worst that can happen, it really doesn't boil down to a whole lot. The worst that can happen is that we don't take action. That is the worst that can happen. So that's why I'm taking action and asking you to share the podcast. It helps grow the show. It lights me up. And I especially love it when I hear from you. When you pop into my email, when you send a review, when you pop into my DM, when you send me a picture, when you join the Facebook group, all the ways that you're connecting with me. And you know who you are because you are my Nelly. So thank you to all the Nellies out there. I really appreciate it. And please share. All right, girls, until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.